You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Tilde Herrera. Interface Rays, the Georgia-based carpet manufacturer, is possibly the most cited example of how to run an environmental business. Its CEO, Ray Anderson, has long been an advocate of teach-by-example sustainability practices, and his company has shown how to put cutting-edge ideas into practice and profit handsomely. Last week, in the first part of this two-part podcast, Sarah Feister-Gale spoke with Jim Hartsfeld. He's the managing director of the company's consulting group, Interface Rays. The conversation focused on how the company took its in-house green initiatives to the next level. And today, we'll hear about how nature inspired Interface to break new ground in carpet design. Jim will also offer advice on changing your corporate mindset to spur innovation. Looking back over your years at Interface, what were some of the most innovative solutions that you found or changes that you made? Yeah, well, there's a couple of them that I use a lot uh, working with with um, interface raised clients. And again, you know, the the ideas that we bring to them or the examples is is you know you're not going to use these examples explicitly to help your company, but this is an examples of shifts in mindset and new ideas that can pop out mm-hmm. that that are similar kinds of of shifts in ideas that whether you you know if you're you know a international huge food and beverage company an aerospace company a home builder a financial services firm a you know a retail, massive retailer these are the same kind of of kind of transitions you can make and two of them I mentioned that that are the most notable for us because they're such a different way of thinking is um and it's been several years ago now we came up with a carpet product called entropy mm-hmm. and the basic idea was that our designer uh you know, following the work of Janine Benyus and biomimicry and Dana Baumeister there as well, is, you know, started looking out into nature to how nature made a floor and sent their designers out literally as apprentices with journals and observe and just write what they see, go back in the studio and do the same thing with how they'd been designing carpet for 25 years. And they came up with, with it couldn't have been more different. Wow. Well, I just said, well, why is that? <laughs> and they started thinking, and what we found was we were really plugged deep into the you know the uniformity conformity six sigma mindset of you know we had to make ten thousand carpet tiles exactly the same so you could pull them out of the box and sit them next to each other. And the designer came up with the radically simple idea: what if we made every single one different? You can imagine the Six Sigma psychos in our company, the heads blew off. They just could not. They just couldn't think about that. It was just, it was so foreign and so outrageous of idea. But after a few months of tricking the equipment into doing it, because obviously the equipment was made for uniformity, <laughs> they came out with a product just to see what, it, you know, see what would happen. And it hit the bestseller list faster than any product in the history of Interface. And we're, you know, by a significant margin, the largest maker of carpet tile in the world. So that just leapt into the marketplace. But that, that idea in following that thinking process got us out of our traditional thinking and new, completely different ideas, you know, came, you know, came to the table. And, we, you know, then obviously we had the, the courage to try something that really looked different compared to anything that we'd ever made before. But, but it's, had, it's had huge impact in our, in our business. And a good bit of the, the rest of the industry has, has tried to chase that. That's a that's an excellent example of of changing your mindset, but it also shows a lot of commitment from leadership to invest in a radically different new product. What's the lesson there? Well, the lesson, if you, if you know, if if you look at where you are 
and you realize that's substantially different than where you want to be as a company, you've got to have courage to try some radical different things. It, it's, just, it's almost axiomatic that if you don't try something significantly different, you're never going to become something significantly different. <laughs> um, it just point. goes without, you know, it almost goes without saying. Now, part of the magic is, is making it clear and create that kind of, that, that big gap in people's minds that, you know, that driver to change to, you know, to big change, big hair, audacious goals, where, you know, which is an important part of, of this, this whole, this whole element. But if you're not willing to, to, to be daring, you're just you're not you're just not going to be the innovative leader in the industry. And and I'll say you know some companies apply very appropriately a, a strategy of a fast follower. I mean they just wait to see what works and they they duplicate that as quickly as they can and try to do it more efficiently and at bigger scale. And you know that's a viable you know that's a viable business strategy that just mm-hmm. doesn't happen to be interfaces. So you said you had a couple of examples. Can you can you well share another that? one that's 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 really kind of. Um, it is is interesting in its in its differentness, mm-hmm. and it's it was in, in and it's kind of jokingly. And some of this is urban legend, so so some of this inside interface I'm not sure is is 100% accurate. But it's the it's the stories that 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 get around. It was that you know this biomimicry thing had been so successful, and that's, you know somebody had come back from vacation in the Caribbean and said, now why why in the world can these geckos climb on the ceiling? And and we're constantly struggling with get carpet stuck to the floor. What is up with this? I mean, so you know, we've been you know using this nature thing, <laughs> biomimicry in this other area at work. Let's let's try that same thinking process and see what comes out of that. Um, and they did. And the, and the short version of the story is that they, I mean, they literally had scientists studying the van der Waals forces on the tips of the hairs on the toes of geckos. You know, that's that's you know understanding how geckos cling to things and flies feet and you can't imagine all the stuff a fly's foot actually does for a fly and then just you know use it to land on something um feathers how they stick together clams and mollusks how they can connect to the the floor of the of the bay or whatever you know studied all these different ideas of how does nature you know stick to things when it wants to pull apart what you do in this process is you study those different strategies a lot of you know most of the time with a biologist at the design table, and that's that's the methodology of the biomimicry guild. Mm-hmm. But but what you do is you study these different strategies nature uses, and look look for an idea that you can take that analogy back to your industrial setting and use that as a new idea to to explore. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did with with this. You know, how do you, you know, how do you get a carpet glued to the floor? <laughs> and and we have you know we have scientists have made the greenest glue we think that you can buy anywhere. The idea is, is you know, we were just pounding that idea of creating the greenest, cleanest, no VOC glue that you can possibly find in the planet. And this started the thinking process that went completely to another direction. And it didn't end up having anything to do with gecko toes, but simply a little three-inch-ish square piece of, of um, you know, hard, kind of a hard tape with a little bit of adhesive that actually sticks up to the bottom of the carpet tile where the four corners come together and completely a roll of that stuff completely eliminates a pallet full of glue and buckets and stuff like that. And, and what we found in that process after we, you know, got people trained and used to using it and kind of got up the learning curve is we can get carpet installed faster and cheaper than using the old method. And when we applied our life cycle assessment methodology to comparing this process versus the old glue process, it was it was an eighty nine percent 
reduction in environmental impact. And it was faster and cheaper. And so it is just it is leaping into the marketplace as an alternative carpet installation strategy. When you're putting new down, because if you already got some of that nasty glue and stuff on the floor, it just works better. So that those are two examples I use where this thinking process leads you into a new place where you you just at some point you say, well, how how dumb have I been? Why didn't I think of this ten years ago? But it's all it's all around that that mindset. I've gotten to know a guy at um, um, in the Walmart organization, Doug McMillan. That's a uh, that's the CEO of their Sam's Club business. Mm-hmm. And after he brought his leadership team down um, for a day uh, spent in a carpet mill of all things, I asked him, "What did you know? What did he get out of the experience?" And, and he said, "Jim, I came to get the tips and the tricks. I mean, you guys have been doing this forever. You know, what do I do? What do I, you know, not do? You know, how do I get people engaged?" He said, "What I got, I didn't even know existed." And, and there was a lot of other things that, that contributed to this, not just his experience at at Interface. But he said, "There's a whole set of glasses." around this topic that I didn't know even existed. And when I put them on, the whole world looks different. So where is Interface now? Have you achieved everything you set out to achieve, or is this a never-ending process? Oh, gosh. Oh, no, no, no way. Uh-huh. Achieved anything. At, at best, we think we may be nearing 50% of what we call Mount Sustainability. And that's that's our internal metaphor for this um, this journey, and we've articulated seven faces of this mountain that we're climbing all together, and 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 that just in itself highlights something that's really important. As you start realizing that there's, you know, th- there are bigger issues and bigger questions in organizations than you know how many BTUs do you do you use and what's your you know carbon footprint. You can't help from moving into the space of story and metaphor and meaning and, and identity and things like that, which the engineers just sometimes, I'm a recovering engineer from DuPont, <laughs> uh, so, you know, just cringe away from. But what we're finding is, you know, it's so important, the storyline that you try to create, you know, who are we, who are we becoming, what are the, what are the you know, the picture uh, stories that we can create to help people imagine what that is and see their role in that. So sustainability is a very important element of that to us, and we encourage everyone to write similar kinds of analogies and storylines. But the point is, we you know, at best, we're 50 cent, 50% along that way on average. Now, there's some areas that we're, we're further along than others. For instance, one that, that we're, you know, feel really relatively pretty good about is in terms of uh, net greenhouse gas emissions. And that's, these are in absolute numbers. Mm-hmm. The interface is down 82% since wow. 1996 as a baseline. And, and, you know, I love to, to, to share that, share that number and combine that with the $372 million in savings <laughs> and the old idea that we can't possibly sign on to Kyoto because a seven percent reduction would destroy our entire economy um that's that just those just don't fit together <laughs> right. Jim, before I let you go, any last words of advice to companies who are who are just beginning down the path that you've been on for fourteen years? Well, I guess a couple of basic ideas is how do you translate these these global and sometimes you know very local challenges that that you know, frankly, we've all contributed to creating. Mm-hmm. How, do, how can you connect the, the solving of those challenges to the core of what you do as a business? Always think about that. You know, what does it mean to me when I'm a whatever? If I'm a telecom company, yeah, it's important what the greenhouse gas emissions of my, you know, service trucks are. But I'm about connecting people for communication. Well, it seems like 
that might be your role in sustainability. And that's like a piece of the whole strategy, but the core of the strategy is how, you know, to me is should be around communication. So connecting it to the core is is first and then kind of expanding your your idea of what the you know, what what are the opportunities from a business value standpoint? And yes, there's brand and reputation, everybody's seeing that, but increasingly if you don't deliver, I mean you're gonna get hammered from a greenwash standpoint. Right. Um, the third is we really get people to think about is what does this mean in terms of your access to talent? You know, what you do in this space and and today with the young people coming out of the best, you know, schools in the in in the world, where do they want to spend their time, their kind of noble energy? Mm-hmm. They want to spend it in companies that are being seen increasingly of, of changing the world in the positive and the and the access to, to, to talent across every function you can imagine that Interface has access to, access to right now is extraordinary. The fourth, fourth thing that we really get people to try to think about is even once you have people on your team, how do you really align them and galvanize them around a common purpose? And when you have a bigger sense of purpose than just you know hitting your earnings per share goals, People show up and want to, they want to be a part of something bigger. And then this this last one we, that that you've asked me about that we spent a good bit of time talking about is mm-hmm. is once you get all these things together, and that that education and that conversation that mindset starts to shift, the explosion of new ideas and completely different ways of cutting old problems just starts just starts exploding. And and that is a you know, core source of competitiveness, whether it's it's applied to reducing costs or creating whole new lines of products, that's that's what really what really drives the drives the needle for business. So, thinking about sustainability in all five of those of those areas as as a senior leader of a company or as a whole team together, um, that 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 seems to be really really helpful for folks. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.